Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest for this series is Benjamin, our new tech guy. And uh, good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And uh, oh, man, I get such good stuff from you. I could have you, you know, come on all the time. I'm always fascinated by the wealth of knowledge that you have. So, and uh, super good stuff. But today we're going to talk about more ways that tech can help keep seniors safe. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, promoting independence and avoiding wandering away because I've had clients that have had those issues and uh, I have to tell you a funny story about that. And uh, and so because uh, that was just fun. I'll tell you that real quick before we start. Yeah. I had a client that um, finally had to move um, his loved one into the house because she couldn't live by herself anymore. And they did all the things, you know, buzzards and, you know, alarms and things like that, you know, but um she got out. He's like, I don't know how she got out, you know? And uh, so we're talking, talking, you know, and I'm like, okay, I don't get it. So they found her, got her back. He calls me, he goes, okay, I know how she got out. Um, they let her in the backyard and uh, they have a wooden fence. And on the gate, they had the little slats, you know, how the, 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 uh, how the wood on the gate, uh, she was climbing the slats and jumping over the gate. <laughs> so it's like, he said, okay, she can't stay anymore because it's just not safe. <laughs> and so I was like, oh no, that's so sad. And uh, so, yeah, we have a lot of clients that have come through, you know, off and on, uh, not a lot, a lot, but enough that it's really important to get this out. Okay. So one of the things that we want to talk about is money. And so, so how can we stop fraud and financial mistakes um, before they destroy that independence that, you know, lets people stay at home longer? Yeah, that, that it's interesting that you went right to there, right? Because we think of safety, we think of like you're talking about avoiding wandering, and I think we'll get into that. But um, we think of medications, we think of falls, etc. But one of the big ones is financial safety, because if that's not in place, you can have all the safety features in the house, but you're going to lose your house. Right? You're going to lose your house. You're not going to have anybody to be able to take care of you. You're you're really going to be in a tough situation. And of course, we know so many stories of seniors who have been abused financially by family members, by close friends, by random strangers. Um, In my own city, we had a woman who um, uh, contracted with a contractor to help with her roof, I believe. And uh, he took most of her savings and she had to live on um, half a cup of ramen noodles every day. Um, until, you know, people found out about this and, and went into um, prosecution mode, right? Um, I'm, I'm lucky to live in a, a county that has a um, special center specifically for preventing elder abuse. Not every county in America has that. We're very blessed to have a whole team of police, detectives, et cetera, working together. Um, and I'm a big fan of citizens promoting that and asking for that and, and lobbying for that because we need the kind of coordination between um, adult protective services, detectives and police to really make a difference. Um, so, but for, for, for proactively, how can we 
support a, a more independent elder. It's one thing if the elder is very dependent on you, they're living in your home, they're living in a, a memory care, you're probably not going to deal too much with financial fraud at that point. They may not even have a phone if they're living in memory care. They may not be able to be reached by anybody. They may have no authority to make financial decisions. So at that stage, we're probably, whoever is the, the, the primary responsible party, you know, the financial stuff is the same kind of financial stuff you would deal with in your own personal life, right? Changing your passwords, making sure that you're you're not uh, answering emails that you shouldn't answer, all the things that we would normally do. But if a senior is living on their own, right, they're extra vulnerable to fraud. So one of the tools is called EverSafe. And another one is called Get Careful. Get Careful and Eversafe. Both of them are .com, Eversafe.com and GetCareful.com. These devices um, monitor a senior's finances for fraud, for late payments, and for identity theft. And they let the family, even if the family's not allowed to be on the checking account, because that's one of the issues, right? It's, it's one thing if the family member is totally on the account, they're co-owners of the account, which has its own risks, right? Because if a family member turns <laughs> not so good, you know they have they own all that money because they're co-owners, they're co-signers. They can they can just they have the legal authority to just write a check on anything. So there, there's downsides to having a, a child with that kind of power. Um, but even those that don't have that power can access this app and see what's going on. They can't they can't write a check. They can't withdraw anything, but they can see. Oh, dad's missed two payments recently. Dad spent, he, he paid two house payments recently. Oh my gosh, dad, it looks like there's someone purchasing things on Amazon that I know dad's not purchasing, right? Like being able to review what's going on, get alerts of, hey, we think there's some fraud here. We think you need to look into this. Um, help family coordinate things like, hey, who's going to help pay this bill? Because dad can't pay it. I'll help this month, right? It's a, it's the ideas between these two apps is both of them are basically trying to create an ecosystem where the family care partners can all be transparently seeing what's going on with dad's finances without necessarily having access to them. Um, so that's one option. Another another tool is to use the the Visa card called TrueLink Financial. TrueLink Financial. Love it. Love, it. Love the card. You use that one for some of your clients? We uh we 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 keep massive amounts of it here um and so haven't really thought about using it for seniors. So this is good, but we use it a lot for disabled adults. Okay. You know, so yes, but tell everybody about it. It's fantastic. Yes, and you may I'm actually I've not actually used it, so feel free to jump in. The what I understand is you can preload um, money onto the True Link Visa card, and you can change the settings as to exactly how it can be spent. You could you could turn off all online spending. You can only use it for in-person transactions. Maybe someone has a, a home shopping channel addiction. This might solve that because they can't buy anything on a home shopping channel. Maybe they easily are duped into taking money out of their ATM and giving them to giving it to strangers, giving it to a, a family member who's on drugs, right? You can turn off the ability to withdraw any cash. So you can really customize based on that senior's needs, their cognitive ability, 
what they can spend it on and where not. I mean, you can even customize it to the specific stores. Like here, Safeway's okay and the gas station, but nothing. I mean, you can really dial it in. Are there any other features that you enjoy or are those the main features that you use? Really just the programmable features um, to prevent people from, well, some of them just make sure they're not messing up SS, you know, social security benefits and things like that. So really gives you the ability to, you know, so if you've got a kid that really likes video games, so we want to spend the whole check on video games, you know, so you can limit each month how much they can spend in certain categories. And so it's, it's a great tool. Um, the two guys that actually came up with it both had disabled siblings. That's, okay. that's how it came about was, was yeah. because of that. So, yeah, we recommend it to a lot to our clients. So it's a really good, good tool to have. Because sometimes families out of desperation will go right to the mode of just taking it all away. Dad, yeah. you, we're taking the cards away. We're taking the checking account away. Sorry, you just can't. And that just strips an adult of so much of their independence. And so if you can use a, a, a card like this to keep dad independent, he can still buy things. He can still go get the coffee, still get the hot dog, you know, still go to the movies, whatever their thing is, but then not risk the whole family fortune or the just just the money he needs to live. Um, and then also sometimes with, with memory loss, but those are the early stages of memory loss, especially things like um, – Lewy body or FTD, these types of dementia, uh, spending inordinate amounts of money can be commonplace and they can truly decimate a family's entire ability to be self-sustaining. And so being able to fairly early on switch to something like this, that maybe they have wide open access using this card for a while, but as you start to see the cognitive declines change, as you start to see the cognitive decline, you start turning off things as needed and they may not really even know that they're being turned off, right? You may be able to say, okay, I'm noticing a pattern here. Let's, let's tweak this. And so then they just, it's the cards being declined. They just, they just can't spend the money on it. Um, and so there's less conflict when you get to that stage of having to then take the card away. No, they still have the card. They can still keep using it, but on the back end from your app, you can start adjusting things as the dementia gets worse and as their need for more support increases. So uh, Ellie, thinking, I, I don't know if, which, if your question, what's your next question? I'm going to make sure I don't answer. Uh, well, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, scammers. Okay. Okay. So That's what I was gonna go to. Um, even my ex-husband, who I don't think I'd call him a senior yet because I'm not that far behind him, um, got one of those scam phone calls. Okay. And so telling him that our, you know, something about our daughter, I don't remember at the time. So everybody's looking for her. <laughs> and so, and uh, I was like, uh, you know, so it just, I mean, it could it happen to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And some of them are very sophisticated, right? It's, mm -hmm. hey, I'm Microsoft. I'm here to help you. Let's open your computer, right? It's, I'm the IRS. I'm the Social Security Department, right? That's your granddaughter. I'm your granddaughter and I need money because I'm in jail and I want to get out. I'm in Africa and I, you know, it's, I was on a mission trip, right? I mean, you, you name it. Um, so Elephant, Elephant, sometimes these companies are so funny, the names they come up with. Elephant has a big elephant as their logo or their mascot. That's why it's, elephant like defending with an elephant i don't know but um their their tool what it does is you connect their tool 
with your smartphone and it allows calls from your contacts to go through to you. So if it's a contact, the call will go through as normal. If it's not in your contact, it reroutes the call through the elephant system. The call comes to you as normal. You pick up, hi, it's Joe. And it's listening. It's listening and it's artificial intelligence systems are listening for potential fraud signs. Right. It's, it, there's enough patterns within fraud calls that we can use computers to help us know this is probably a fraud call. If it thinks it's a fraud call, it will call a trusted family member or a professional care coordinator and get them on the phone as well three way. So now it's the older person, the fraudster and a third party that that older person trusts are all on the call at the same time. So that third party then can help vet in real time, is this a fraud call or is this a legitimate situation? And so that's one option to help with these robocalls, these sophisticated scams, et cetera, is to have something that gets a family member on the line as soon as it looks like there might be an issue. Another device is called Telecom. This has a lot of, of, of benefits to seniors, especially those with dementia. There's there's two versions. One's the just regular senior version and one's for seniors with dementia. Um, the phone is a phone that can plug in to your, you know, whatever phone system you're using, right? You can just plug it in. Um, and it's a monthly fee. I think it starts at $25 a month, goes to $50 a month. Um, and so you don't have to use a smartphone. You can use a landline, right? You can use a typical um phone on a you know cradle etc but what it does is it is curbing um it's it has its own way of stopping scammers and it can also stop call out outbound calls to tv shopping sites so it's got a whole methodology built into it they don't necessarily tell you how they do all this stuff but they have a methodology that stops you from calling home shopping um channels if you have dementia then the service um, will curb repeat calls. Because one of the issues with Alzheimer's is you may call the same person again and again and again, because you forget that you just called them. So it can be very difficult for your family because they're just getting so many calls asking the same question. So it can stop that. It can kind of put a pause. Like this number doesn't get called again for the next four hours, right? And it can, it can do that to help that person with dementia be able to still have a phone and not have it taken away from them and be able to maintain some of that independence, but protect them from burning all their bridges. It can also reroute 911 calls. If someone calls 911 frequently and they don't need to, it can reroute those calls to family members first. Um, it can also um, help with the um, issue. It can help with various issues related to who they can call, who's safe to call, how often they call them. A lot of the things that we deal with with dementia can be dealt with with this telecom device. So those are those are two devices. Elephant is more for the smartphone. Telecom is more for a plug-in phone. Um, so depending on your your situation, you'll probably be choosing one or the other or both of them if you use a smartphone and a landline. Um, but that, I think those are two really important tools if you don't have anything else in place. So before we run out of time, let's talk about long distance caregivers who want to be able to monitor the health of a loved one. And so, so what tools can we use to 
um, allow them to do that without being real invasive. <laughs> okay, so if we're talking just about monitoring, like um, seeing how they're doing health-wise, how they're doing, um, uh, ch checking in on them, that kind of thing. There's a, there's a, a wide range of tools. Some of them are diagnostic tools like um, siren.care. They have um, special socks that monitor um, a person with diabetes and monitors their feet for the signs that they may have wounds or sores that are developing, right? And that's all being done remotely. As long as there's someone who can remember to put the sock on, there's doctors and nurses monitoring your feet 24-7 and able to call a family member if they think there's something going on. Kasana Care, OutSense Diagnostics, these are tools that um, connect to the toilet. Uh, one's the seat. One actually has um, something that dips into the toilet. And these can give family members alerts for UTIs, dehydration, blood oxygenation levels, heart status, constipation, and even certain cancers. And so that's a, those are examples of sensors. There's a, there's that, that's a whole other topic, really, like all the different possible sensors you can use. You can use lights that have sensors for fall prevention to alert if someone is at risk of falling. You have sensors that are either audio or heat sensing that can detect whether there's extra people in the house who are supposed to be there. They can detect what's going on as far as um, should this, is this person moving about or have they been in their bed most of the day? There's a lot of new sensors coming on board that will track emotion, will track movement, will track whereabouts, will track temperature, things like that. Um, is becoming more and more commonplace. And then, of course, you have the ability to visually check in on a loved one using something like Alexa, the Alexa the, with the, wait, wait, the Alexa with the screen. You can set it up so you can just drop in and check in on a loved one. There's some senior-friendly de designed specifically for seniors called Independa and Avi and Connect. And these um, let you just drop in. That you, I mean, you can set it up either way, either for privacy where the loved one has to let them, let them in, or if it's a loved one who can't do that anymore, you can just drop right in and visually check on uh, the loved one. It's like a little, little uh, iPad on a, on a, on a, a uh, kind of on a frame. And so you could set it in their bed, you could set it in the living room, you could have one in each room, and you would just literally just check in and see how they're doing. There's another one called Care Coach. That's a really interesting one. And this is, this is uh, what it does is it, you, you put these devices, you know, one or two in the home and they're, they're a screen and the care coach is a, really a bank of caregivers, virtual caregivers who are monitoring uh, clients all over the world. And the elder person experiences these caregivers as a avatar. You pick an avatar. It's usually an animal. So it's a, it's a funny dog, it's a funny cat, and they talk to you. And it's always the same voice, but 24-7, there's a different caregiver who's who's kind of the puppeteer behind the avatar. And so you can talk to them. You're really talking to a real person, even though you're talking to a dog or a cat. You're talking to a real person. And so these caregivers are able to check in on older people throughout the day or receive conversations and questions 
Um, hey, do you know when my daughter's coming over? Hey, how do I get here? Hey, I need to order pizza, whatever it is. But it's a real person versus like, uh, you know, Alexa or Siri is not going to be able to do a whole lot to know whether this person's okay or not. Um, so Care Coach is another tool. Last I checked, it was like 250 300 a month to have 24-7 monitoring of a, of a loved one with real people checking in on them, answering their questions, and then alerting families. Hey, mom's slurring her speech today. I don't know what's going on. You probably want to get her checked out, right? Being able to have a real person call you and say, hey, I think there's something going on. Or it looks like she's out of food. Like she's telling me she doesn't know what to eat. And I've looked in the fridge with her and I don't see much there. You know, being able to have a real person who's checking in virtually, care coach um, would be a solution for that. That's a lot less expensive than you know than moving them out of the house, and so and um, so great stuff as always, and um, so um, if somebody wants to find you, how do they find you? They can email me bms at kelshsenior.com. They can call me at 360-867-1900 or go to our website kelshcommunities.com. All right, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcasts as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice. 